0: Barbara Ann Garcia, healthcare advocate, strong woman athlete, and the host of Healthcare Untold. Healthcare Untold is a podcast dedicated to giving voice to everyday heroes and their untold health stories that can improve healthcare to our most vulnerable communities. It is April 1st, 2020. With me today is Eileen Donley. Eileen is a physician assistant at the Santa Cruz Community Health Clinic in Santa Cruz, California. Eileen's been a primary care provider in community health and migrant health for 38 years. She's dedicated herself to many families in the Santa Cruz area and has provided primary care to some families for five generations. Five generations. Eileen and I worked together for over a decade when I was the executive director of Salud para la Gente in Watsonville, California, where we served thousands of farmworker families together. So welcome, Eileen, and it's a great honor to welcome you to Healthcare Untold.
1: Hi, Barbara. I wish we were getting to do this in person, but thank goodness for all this technology we have right now.
0: Absolutely. And I know we're going to hear a little bit more about that um, and how you're providing care for people today. So, Eileen, we're going on our third week of sheltering in place against COVID-19, which is so important to do to ensure that, uh, you know, we uh, don't have as many people getting infected. How are you
1: doing? Um, Personally, I am doing okay. Um, I was lucky enough right before this all started at the end of February and early March to go on a two-week trip to Africa with my daughter. And um, I just feel like all my reserves mentally and physically got recharged there. And so when I got back and kind of entered all this craziness and chaos and so many changes, I felt like I was kind of stored up and my, my stores were full and I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, Every day, is um, we have to be very flexible. There's a lot of changes, a lot of variation in emotions. But um, overall, I'm doing pretty well right now.
0: Well, I'm so um, happy for that, Eileen, because you're so important for so many families in the Santa Cruz area. I know that you care primarily for children, um, uh, but how has your practice changed due to the COVID-19?
1: Yes, um, at the current uh, community clinic that I work at, they are, it's a family practice clinic with a pediatric um, division, and that is where I primarily work, though I still see uh, a lot of my family practice patients who I've had for a long time over, like you said, some of them over 40 years, they they followed me from Watsonville. So um, what has changed for us is about three weeks ago, um, we started to do very, very heavy triaging on the phone and basically stopped letting, and we just started to do everything by phone and stopped letting anyone with symptoms or who were sick into our clinics. And fortunately, our larger clinic is in a big parking lot, and we have been able to see people out in their cars or in the parking lot if needed. And so you're and, doing primary um, care
0: in the parking lot?
1: Uh, we do go out to people's cars and um, see them. We also have like a, a tent area that we can see them out in their cars and test them if needed. And then we are doing the rest of our primary care by telephonic visits. Um, So, for example, on Monday, I saw 19 patients and 16 of them were by phone and then three were in person. And what our clinic has done um, starting this week, and again, it's just a changing landscape, is we are lucky enough to have two separate clinic sites. And our larger one that I mentioned that is in a large parking lot has become kind of the COVID respiratory sick clinic. And our other clinic is our kind of healthy, clean clinic. And that is where I have been assigned starting this week. And we are seeing newborns. There are babies being born. And also we have made a decision at our clinic. We need to continue to immunize We are doing immunizations um, for kids under five. And then again, if we absolutely need to see somebody and prenatal care also at that clinic to try to be able to continue to uh, provide that health care.
0: So, Arlene, you're kind of a veteran of um, pandemics and disasters. Uh, you and I worked on uh, the Loma Prieta earthquake together, and we also responded to several floods in that community. Um, tell us a little bit about what you've seen and how did that um, get you ready for this um, pandemic?
1: Well, um- As I had mentioned to you before, as soon as this happened, I thought I've got to call Barbara because this is reminding me so much of the 1989 um, earthquake where there was just no business as usual. Uh, We were on our own, um, again, kind of unforeseen because it was new for all of us. We just really, people could not even get across town. And so we just had to set up at the clinic and just start taking care of people, and we were on our own. And this, again, is different in that it's an extended emergency. It's different, but it is also uh, no business as usual in healthcare, and having to kind of uh, reinvent. And we are getting a lot of guidelines from the CDC, from our county public health. But, again, our clinic is having to decide for our facility and our Patients within those guidelines. What's the best way for us to respond?
0: And you know the fact that you know your patients so well. Um, how has this uh, new telemedicine uh, been for you? And and we're not talking about visual. We're talking about actual telephone, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the uh, visits are conducted by phone, and it really is so helpful to know patients and to know families. Again. Um, many of these I, uh, families I've known for, you know, over 20, 30 years. And to know already, um, you know, what's going on in their families, how many children they have, what already are their uh, challenges. At our pediatric clinic, we see a lot of families with children with special needs, and they face these daily challenges. And then to have this on top of it is just an extra. Um, challenge, but to know them and to know their histories, it's been so beneficial to be able to guide them. And often, again, one phone call leads into, um, you know, two or three visits for the other kids or other members of the families and what their needs are at this time also.
0: Right. And during the Loma Preta earthquake, um, we ended up setting up the clinic for 24 hours a day because we didn't quite know we would got some information from the local hospital that, you know, they were getting overwhelmed. And so we felt like at Salud that if we could stay open for those many hours, I think we went on 12-hour shifts, um, to really ensure that we were getting people, um, taking people out of that uh, emergency room line. Um, I think it sounds like you're doing the same thing uh, with your clinics. How, how, how do you think you're impacting hospital?
1: Well, I do. I had seen an article in the Los Angeles Times that uh, was saying that health clinics, you know, are just playing a pivotal role here. And I really see it here in our community. Um, One of the things that we know is that um, people notoriously use emergency rooms out of convenience, lack of education, not having a medical home, for things that are not true emergencies. And we started very, very early on in this, educating our patients to not go to the uh, hospital right now. Um, And hopefully this is a behavior that will stick into the future, but do not go to the emergency room unless it's a true emergency to call us, to call the nurse advice lines that we have available. And it really um, pretty much the visits that are non-emergent have come to a halt at our local hospital, and we feel very proud of our patients and our families and um, see that that education piece is really, really paying off. And I think that it's treeing up hospitals to focus on the care that they need to give
0: absolutely and you know we can't say enough about community clinics uh, throughout the country eileen um, some of them serving communities for over 50 years and providers like yourself who have uh, just an intimate knowledge of these families and their needs I, I assume that you know you're also having to ensure that people have other um and this is always the community clinics role is being the entry point for networks of other services that you know your families need how how does that happen for you in the Santa Cruz area?
1: Well, again, our clinic has um, outreach workers that we have full-time who are trying to help people with enrollment for medical care. They help them with other housing issues. Um, but during this time, we just really, really stepped it up. We are doing uh, a weekly a few di- food distribution at one of our clinic sites with our local uh, Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, Every phone call that I make, and I know that other providers and clinic staff are making, we're asking people about uh, food scarcity. Do they know the resources, um, their housing, um, what else they need besides their health care? Because again, them knowing us and having that shared history, um, it really is just a great way to be able for them to get the information from a reliable source and to be able to guide them in the best way to get the resources that uh, are needed right now.
0: And what do you see are some of the greatest needs of your families today, Eileen?
1: Well, I think, again, we uh, serve a lot of service workers, uh, farm workers, people, many who are undocumented, uh, many who uh, do not have extra resources to fall back on. So the uh, COVID virus is a fear for them, but also I think hunger, uh, not having homes, not being able to provide for their families or their children are paramount right now. And we are trying to make sure that we're addressing them, that with them as long as along with their healthcare needs.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the things we've been really emphasizing in this podcast is, you know, people to really pay forward, those who have more resources, particularly around their small circle of of their service workers that they have, your landscaper, your housekeeper, you know, pay them forward because they're going to need to continue to do their work and you're going to need them after this period of time. Also, um, you know, you if any of you get, have trainers at the gym, they none of these folks have sick time or vacation time and they depend on you to be able to serve them. So we really want to encourage the audience, especially those with more resources to really pay it forward and uh, really support the nonprofits um, in the Santa Cruz area and, and the food banks because they are going to be serving uh, the most um, needed um, services for people. You know, you know, when we did the earthquake and the floods, one of the things we really acknowledged was that the people who already have um, the underserved individuals in our communities, those who don't have as many resources during a disaster like this and, and an emergency, those are the greatest people who are in the greatest need. And, you know, I found that uh, many people will reach and uh, be able to serve and help others during this kind of period of time. so we really encourage people with extra resources to really provide donations and support to their local nonprofits and their local food banks. Any additional comments? Yes, I think that's
1: really, well, just I think it's very, very important for uh, those of us who have been fortunate enough to have more recesses, to have well-paying jobs that we have sick leave, to be aware of that and to pay it forward in our community. And I Believe that any small um, gesture uh, does not go unnoticed and that is appreciated. And um, one of my former colleagues had the uh, phrase "kindness is the best medicine," and I think not only in and outside of clinics, I think kindness right now to anybody who we come across is the best medicine right now to keep our spirits and our bodies healthy.
0: Yes. We just had a, a mental health expert on who talked about being grateful and gratitude is actually um, an immuno um, It helps with your immune system and um, builds your immune system. I thought that was very interesting. And and so um, I really want to encourage people to be grateful and also to um, provide gratitude to those around them, um, particularly as families are, um, you know, there's always silver linings to this as governor Como would say, and we have to find those uh, silver linings with people being together. You know, I made a comment to trying to um, get people to look at our podcast or listen to our podcast and said, you know, my grandmother always chased me to um, in the outside to get me inside. And I think she would be proud of me today because she finally got me to stay inside my house. (laughs) So there's always uh, silver linings to the things that we're doing today. Um, You know, you are a physician assistant and you've been a mid-level practitioner for so many years. I know there's some limitations for physician assistants. You need medical supervision. And then there's also the issue of um, some practices you may not be able to do. Do you want to share with us what physician assistants are and the kind of care that they can provide and some of the limitations that sounds like in the near future, those could be lifted?
1: Yes. um, Well, physician's assistants are part of what are called mid-level uh, providers or practitioners, along with nurse practitioners. Um, there's always changing names and things about, who we are but we are mid-level practitioners and um, I have always practiced in California as a physician assistant and have um, physician assistants are used both in primary care and also in specialties and in the area where I have worked in the central coast of California, they've always been well-regarded and well-integrated into the medical system here. Uh, I can't really speak to other areas but... um, I, um, am really glad I was first trained as a physical therapist. And then when I, uh, worked for the UFW, um, that's where I started doing my migrant healthcare work. When I volunteered and started out with the UFW at their clinic, um, in Salinas in, uh, the late 1970s, um, another, uh, friend of mine went to a PA program, um, and then I thought that's what I want to do, and that's how I got on the path to be a physician assistant. And since then, have worked in migrant and community healthcare um, because I'm a big believer that um, healthcare should be uh, not be for profit. So I've always wanted to work in nonprofit situations. And again, just really put a plug in that uh, you know people not only now need to really. Make sure that the government is always funding community health clinics so that people have medical homes. Um, because again, we're seeing how important medical homes are right now in keeping pressure and resources, um, where, well, pressure off hospitals and resources with community clinics and the first line care where it should be and not, not at hospitals or the emergency rooms.
0: Very good, Eileen. You know, we started the healthcare untold prior to COVID-19. And one of the things we wanted to do was honor individuals like you, but to really hear your story of how you started and you, you shared with us a little bit about, you know, the work that you did with UFW, but how did you decide to get into healthcare? I understand your father was a physician.
1: Yes. um, I grew up in a a smaller town in Illinois in the St. Louis area. And my dad was a a general surgeon. Um, there. And so I was, um, you know, exposed to healthcare, obviously, my whole life. But I was actually in a pretty significant car accident when I was a junior in high school. And at some point when I was in the hospital, I walked by a physical therapy department. And I thought, I think that's what I want to do. And that's how I got interested in physical therapy. And then like I said, When I saw another person that worked at the clinic in Salinas going to the physician assistant program at Stanford, um, I decided that that was how I wanted to uh, change my uh, career in medicine.
0: And so going on over 38 years of being a primary care provider, um, what is... What are you thinking of in the next uh, couple of years, what your uh, career path will be? Because, you know, I I anticipate, Eileen, that you'll continue to do this work till um, you're well in your 70s and 80s.
1: I hope that I am blessed enough to be able to do that. I feel so uh, humbled and blessed that I have been able to do this work for as long as I can. I get way more out of it than I ever give. And um, I am hoping that I am able to continue to work. I love working. I love the little parade of human beings that come every day through the clinic. And that's what my coworkers and I are all saying right now. We just really miss seeing um, the patients, having that face-to-face interaction with them. We're doing our very best with the telephonic um, connection and visits. But it is when you are... That's why you're in medicine for, um, you know, not only to be of service to people, but to have that connection. This has been just really, um, you know, it's been it's been hard. It's been really hard. That's probably the hard the part that's the hardest for all of us.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure you're concerned for your own safety, and uh, I, I know that you're um, working really hard, and we really um, want to honor you, Arlene for the work, and this is what Healthcare Untold is. You know, when I worked with you with farm workers, you know, it was incredible when we um, would have um, these individuals who didn't have a lot, and uh, I know you and I worked in the migrant camps as, as well, um, and really seeing how many people there were in the migrant camps, and, but yet there was, this um such a wonderful um expression of love and sharing you know um I've gone into farmworker homes um to talk to them about nutrition and end up eating with them and them feeding us um and uh it's always a great honor to work for farmworkers because and I know you know this because you still serve them uh, so well that um all the food that we're eating today Um, is somebody packed it, somebody picked it, somebody grew it. And mostly those are farm workers. And um, it's in a community that, as we know, in the middle of disasters, um, this is the kind of community that can be overlooked um and it is also that community that at times has different legal statuses and so people even if they are in the midst of trying to get immigration are always concerned about seeking services um and so um i wanted just to share with you a little bit or have you share with us eileen about farm workers and that commitment you've made to that population Um, Over the many years, uh, I know both of us did uh, so much work for those communities and we gained so much for the kind of work because of just the wonderful work ethic that these individuals have. And, you know, with un poquito, they give a lot, With just a little bit. They always are giving others. So um, share with me some of your your thoughts about that.
1: Yes, they are um, very, very generous in spirit. And um, they are very giving. And like I said, that's why I feel so fortunate. I have been given back tenfold anything that I have given to the community, um, you know, in these these years that I have been a medical provider. Um, And yes, we need to really remember the importance we are being fed, our nation is being fed because of farm workers and farmers. And we need to remember this, that they need... Um, you know, decent. They need a living wage. They need decent work conditions. They need decent housing, access to healthcare, no matter what their documentation status is. And we have to remember that, um, you know, long after this uh, pandemic is is uh, you know at a different level and has passed. Um, and yes, it, it there's just there is just this, such a generosity of spirit that I feel so fortunate to have have it. When you have already been there serving people um, for years and years during a time like this, they trust you. They're going to come forward because people who are undocumented right now are afraid um, to access health care uh, because of the climate of our government and um, what has been um, happening over the last three or four years, uh, the changes in our attitudes toward immigrants at the government level, and so I think it's really, really important that there are groups and community clinics like ours that people will come forward, and there is the trust there because, as we know, um, COVID knows no no boundaries about who it's going to affect.
0: That's right. It's pretty blind to class, race, and uh, conditions. So Documentation. Documentation, yeah. absolutely. And so I think that's a common love that we have had, uh, Eileen, is for the farm community. And, um, you know, on behalf of Healthcare Untoad, I really want to thank you. Uh, so much for the number of years of your service, um, and uh, if anybody, I've watched Eileen and her care. Uh, she's just a wonderful practitioner, very warm, and the and the um, you know as she has to give people direct orders of what they have to do for their care. Um, they, I always watch them, um, really uh, admire her and also trust her. So Eileen, one of our heroes in healthcare. Thank you so much for being with us today uh, on Healthcare Untold. Any last comments? I uh,
1: no, just thank you for having me. And again, I think right now we just need to remember all the unsung heroes of our world, and, and pay attention to all those people that the teachers, the farm workers, the custodians, the people working in pharmacies, grocery—you know, people that are getting things to the stores. Those are the people who are making this all work. The healthcare workers also, but. We just have to really focus on all those people and remember how interconnected that we are. And, um, again, like I was saying before, uh, extend your hand in kindness because kindness is the best medicine.
0: Beautiful. That's a great way to end. Uh, Eileen, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, any of you who would like to send comments, please send them to healthcareuntold twenty at com healthcareuntoad2020 at gmail.com. I also want to thank Gerardo Sandoval, Dr. G, for his technical and production support. And Healthcare Untold will also be supporting local businesses who are transitioning to different modes of service. Please support these businesses to keep them thriving, and you may hear a commercial after this about one of those in San Francisco. Again, Eileen, thank you so much. Um, Individuals, please, until next time, stay safe and stay home. This is Barbara Ann Garcia at Healthcare Untold.